You know what this is. A commercial? Right, and you know what that means. <gasps> Time for a snack? Wrong. I want you to do some heart-healthy exercise. Yes, you! Try some seated leg extensions right now. Just lift each leg up and extend it straight one at a time, six to eight times. I can do that. Yes, you can. Remember, every commercial is a chance to sneak in heart-healthy activity. Visit findexerciseanywhere.com and speak with your doctor to learn more about the risks of heart failure. You know what this is? A commercial? Right, and you know what that means. <gasps> Time for a snack? Wrong. I want you to do some heart-healthy exercise. Yes, you! Try some seated leg extensions right now. Just lift each leg up and extend it straight one at a time, six to eight times. I can do that. Yes, you can. Remember, every commercial is a chance to sneak in heart-healthy activity. Visit findexerciseanywhere.com and speak with your doctor to learn more about the risks of heart failure. Welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment. I'm your host, Daniela. Stay tuned every Monday morning for new episodes. Interested in becoming a part of our community? You can find us on Instagram at Making Sense of Success. Stay tuned for future episode series and pod weeks. Email us at makingsenseofsuccess at gmail.com or shoot us a DM if you'd be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment. Thanks for tuning in and joining our journey. Enjoy this episode. Welcome, Paige, to Making Sense of Success. Did you want to give our listeners a little bio about yourself so they can get to know you a little better? Sure thing. So my name is Paige McPhee. I'm a content producer, writer, and author based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm 25 years old, and currently I work at ET Canada as an integration producer. And then I also have my own business, which is just Paige McPhee Content Creation. Super awesome. Busy woman. <laughs> Busy woman. You could say that, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I think it's great, but... <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate it. And I guess, as we dive into it, um, we'll start with a few, like, icebreaker questions. Um, sure. And I guess one of them would be, uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received or given someone? Um, the best advice I've ever received is that you don't need time, you just need a deadline. That's, and wow. I, yeah, I think it's pretty true for most people, especially in the creative industry, mm -hmm. is that you always think that you need, you know, so much time to get something done. But in reality, you just need a timeline, basically. Because right. if you have like that set finish date, I think it's so much easier to actually get that project done versus if you don't have like an end date, then you'll, you're never done with a project. Things can always be edited, always be changed, always be improved. So giving yourself a deadline will save you so much time. Definitely. And I think that can apply to so many things in life. I, I just relate it to school, like university life, just because mm -hmm. that was like my recent past. <laughs> um, I found that whenever it kind of came down to it, the deadline was coming up. You know, you have to finish something right. And it's like mm -hmm. what you're saying, you can keep improving stuff for so long, right? But at the end of the day, you need to sometimes produce something, right? And get something out there. <laughs> exactly. Like, even if it's like a first draft deadline, like yeah. no one's saying it has to be perfect, but just, you know, to get yourself to f at least bang out an outline or like a rough draft, and then it's done. And then you can come back to it later and give yourself that second deadline to polish it up, 
and then hopefully like a third deadline to close everything you know mm -hmm. because yeah if you're working on a video too like I obviously work with video production most often at ET Canada mm -hmm. so things can always be tweaked you know making a new graphic like cutting some seconds off like getting new footage in like more b-roll like you really could just keep working on a story forever so mm -hmm. you need that date otherwise you're just going to drive yourself crazy Wow, yeah, and it's it's true, like, um, I recently had to write some personal statements for some applications, and um, they had either character limits or word limits, and I, I never really struggled with word limits in the past. I remember hearing people at university being like, oh, I don't know how we're going to get to, like, or how I'm going to get so many words on a paper. Um, mm -hmm. I always somehow found a way to just, <laughs> just hit that number, um, yeah. but this time it was... It, it was kind of hard just because when you're writing a story as well, right? You're trying to embed a story throughout this whole personal statement. I, mm -hmm. I did find it hard to either keep it within the word limit or character limit. And especially to be able to, like, describe what I want it to say yeah. overall. Yeah. So I guess how do you go about cutting those couple seconds of um, in, like, a video or something? What What's your deciding factor as to where you're kind of going to cut? <laughs> right. So another piece that sort of weaves itself into the best advice that I can give or that I've received is you're trying to say the most by using the least words or the least amount of footage, right? Like your, your audience's attention span, just like everyone else these days is short. So you're going to want to try and make the biggest impact in the shortest amount of time, whether that's, you know, somebody reading for five minutes or somebody watching for five minutes. So it, it comes down to like watching that story or reading that piece of writing and sort of taking note where your mind kind of wanders, what's not as strong and just getting rid of that or seeing where you can condense and like use stronger, more meaningful words than these like lighter sort of like filler words. You just want ideally every sentence to be strong. Every, you know, thing that your host or your guest is saying on a video to be very strong. And so those little moments where you're like, eh, that's not really that important or, you know, I didn't like that part as much as, you know, the part at the end or whatever. It's just making sure you have those strongest pieces of content in there and everything else can go away. Right. And I think um, a lot of the time when we maybe watch something or read something over and over, right, it, mm -hmm. it can be kind of hard to decide just because, especially when mm -hmm. it's your own work, right? Um, For sure. That you've put time and effort into. We don't mm -hmm. always, like, see that things can be condensed, right? Or a couple words totally. or a couple seconds can be shortened just because, um, you know, maybe it's precious to us because of the time and effort we've put on it. But uh, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, there's definitely um, ways to condense things. <laughs> and also, that deadline really does help, <laughs> as you said. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, on that point, like having somebody that you can trust and who you respect to read over or watch your work and give you that valuable feedback, a fresh pair of eyes is so valuable. So if you do have somebody in your life that you can share your work with and get that critical feedback, that's an amazing way to improve your work and make sure that you're delivering the best version of whatever you're doing. Well, absolutely. Yeah, having a fresh pair of eyes look at something from an exterior perspective as well is so important, I find, in refining your work. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was definitely useful for me, <laughs> I think about it, looking back sure. on everything. 
I guess you have someone in your life that you go to with things like that when you need, um, I guess, help on something? For sure. I mean, I have different people for different outlets. Like, um, when I was more of a writer, I still obviously enjoy writing now, but there was a point where writing was everything that I was doing nine to five and what I was doing in my personal life as well. So I had an editor, his name is Juliver Ramirez, and he's absolutely wonderful. And he was the editor on my book. And I just really loved his writing and respected his writing so much that I trusted him, even though sometimes we would obviously disagree because as a creative person, you're very close to your work and protective of it, especially if you're writing from personal experience, like your own life story or something that's happened to you or your family or something like that. So um, when you're able to share your work with somebody like that and trust that they have the best in mind for you and your work, that obviously is so, so valuable and amazing. Um, And then as far as work goes, we have like sort of a pyramid of command at ET Canada. So my supervising producer right now, his name is Aaron Long and he's lovely. Uh, He has so much experience in TV, I'd say over 10 years and has worked on so many different shows from like shows from the Food Network, like MasterChef, like The Amazing Race, like has worked with so many amazing clients and brands. And so... I very much trust him and his creative vision. And so when he gives me a note, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Like, I can't believe I didn't think of that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, that's, it's also important, yeah, I think to have kind of more of a role model as well. Someone with um, experience Mm -hmm. in the field you're going into, right? I think Mm -hmm. it's really important to have that set of eyes available to you and um, have someone to consult, you know, when you're not always sure in the direction you want to go in. Yeah, for sure. Even when it comes to like photography and stuff for like my business or my Instagram, my mom is an art director as well. So when it comes to like setting up a shot or something Uh like that, it's so, so like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's, it's almost immeasurable how much like having her there is, is to me and like the production of the content that I do. Uh Um, Because yeah, to have like a literal professional art director be like, Oh, yeah, like you should frame it like this, you should move this prop over there. It's honestly amazing. So um, very lucky if you can find people like that, in like networking groups or through school or through like LinkedIn or Mm -hmm. friends of friends, like mentors and people that can help you really guide your path are so so important. Definitely good tools. And yeah, I do think if you um, take the time to go look for them, you will find something. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much out there, but at times, right, it's you have to make the first step to look for it. So I'm really glad you brought that for up. Sure. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we'll get down to the main question of this whole podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you think your definition of success has changed over time? And if so, what would your definition be? I would say it, my definition of success has changed over time just because as we're as we grow into ourselves, like that, I think definition naturally changes to me. I would say that success is waking up every day and loving what you're doing, being paid a fair and reasonable wage, having opportunity to grow and have different achievements within your reach and ultimately working towards your goals every day. I think that is a nice, well-rounded definition from my end. Um, I think as we're younger, people tend to frame success as a solely like money thing. 
which is pretty damaging and I think kind of toxic to a lot of young people because if you're growing up just with the goal of making the most money possible or having the flashiest title that doesn't always align with you being your happiest person and growing towards what you want to do so in order to be the happiest person you can be I think that goes hand in hand with following your goals and what you truly love to do Absolutely. And I think what you've just mentioned too, it's everything kind of comes with experience, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You learn these things with experience. So as you grow up, right, you get exposed um, to these new aspects of life. And that definitely has an impact on what you classify as success. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think people, you know, I think it's probably hard as well, um, kind of growing up and trying to find that definition in, in like a world, right, you know, where a lot of things are driven by money, and we learn about mm-hmm. it at such a young age, as you were saying, too, growing up that most people do classify it based on money, but um, mm-hmm. it's really refreshing to hear, though, that your holistic and comprehensive definition of success. Oh, well, thanks. I think that, uh, as you're saying, like, with experience comes success, like, anything you want, even if it's not a traditionally like fruitful career, fruitful career path can be turned into a successful career. Like a lot of people will really dismiss the arts and, you know, all those different creative career paths as not being money makers. But if you're the best at what you do and you love it and you're putting passion into it every day, you can make a fruitful, successful career out of whatever you want. I think that's so true. And honestly, a lot of, um, I think, quote unquote, if you want to, based on like society and everything, successful careers, um, sometimes they come out of a side hustle even. It's something you start doing like a couple hours after your nine to five or whatever you do during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it becomes a full-time career. (laughs) No, totally. And like a great example of that is somebody else you've had on the pod before, Kenzie Elizabeth. Yes. Yeah. absolutely stan kenzie and you know she started vlogging a million years ago like just as a side hobby and look at her now she is a an absolute girl boss has so many different projects and things on the go her own podcast her youtube channel her instagram like all these different side businesses she's doing and yeah that came out of literally a hobby that she was able to monetize so you know, opportunity is out there. Which is crazy now that you've mentioned that. I think about, like, a couple years ago, you know, she was still, like, I think she's just about to finish school now, but um, Mm -hmm. she was still, like, doing full-time school back then. I think she was working a part-time job um, Mm -hmm. still and still posting, you know, regularly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't know how she did it, but it's it's amazing. Uh, Definitely. She definitely has deadlines ingrained into her schedule. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, and then I guess I want to kind of get into your career, really. Um, if you're good to go with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely haven't had the most linear career path. I always like to tell people that I kind of fell into my producing job Uh in Canada. Because that's honestly really true. Like, I spent the majority of my years um, thinking that I was going to be a journalist or a full-time writer. So I went to school for, like, communication, culture, information technology, and professional writing. And I was basically more focused on the professional writing than anything else. I interned at this, like, really cool media company in Toronto. They hired me out of school, and then I just started working for them full-time. 
And so basically by fluke of uh, this sort of video opportunity landed in my lap and I started hosting videos for them and producing videos for them. And then also any brands that wanted to work with the media company. So I got my foot in the door. This video opportunity basically fell into my lap. And from there, I started producing videos for this media company and then for any brands that wanted to work with them as well. So I ended up working with massive brands from like a pretty young age, like Budweiser, Nutella, Hyundai, like all these wow. like big, yeah, all these big brands. And I was just this, you know, spring chicken 2021 doing these videos for them and bringing in a ton of revenue for this company. So I hopped from there over to another agency in Toronto where I also got to work with awesome brands like Royal Bank of Canada. Um, we worked with Infinity Cars, like all these like, really cool companies as well. And from there, I was able to pop over to ET Canada based on my video experience at that first media company. So um, I didn't even think I would get the job. I saw the posting, I read all the details and I was like, wow, this sounds like exactly what I want to do. Like producing sponsored video, producing sponsored social, writing articles, working with brands, um, project management, writing like editorial or editorial pieces. So I applied, I heard back basically instantly, which is unheard of. Like I got an email within five minutes of sending my application in. Wow. Yeah, it was surreal. And I had not one day of television experience on my resume. So I was just shocked. Um, and then I got called in for an interview the next week. I really hit it off with my hiring manager and I actually bumped into him. I think three days later at an event downtown Toronto, this was of course like a couple of years ago. Uh -huh. um, and we bumped into each other at this event. We again had a nice little chat and I think he offered me the job the next day, which was so nuts. It was such a short turnaround. Um, and ever since I've been at ET Canada producing content for their integration team. So any brands that want to work with the show. So that includes like CoverGirl, John Frieda Hair Care, um, Chevrolet, we're doing things with, with Expedia right now, this drugstore chain, the biggest drugstore chain in, in Canada called Shoppers Drug Mart, like, we deal with absolutely massive clients every single day, which is so awesome, and I'm very grateful, I'm very blessed to have the job that I do, it's a very, very competitive industry, um, Canadian television, because obviously there are only so many networks that you can work for. Mm -hmm. um, and to be working for a brand like ET Canada, which is absolutely huge, obviously entertainment tonight in the United States is massive. And I can, from this, from this position, my opportunities are endless and I can go absolutely anywhere though. Right now I, I just want to stay with the team that I'm working with right now and work my butt off and continue to work for those opportunities that I want. And work with the clients that I want and make a really amazing impression. Your story is so awesome. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. It's so awesome. I'm, I was like sitting here amazed, you know, oh, what you've been stop. doing. Well, of course this isn't like without its challenges. Like I'm just sort of speaking a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. There's obviously been, you know, crazy jobs I've had, like startups that are kind of a nightmare, you know, bosses that are crazy, especially when you're working with, small teams I find that you really get to know everybody very quickly so if there are people that you know are a little bit out there or a little bit aggressive you get to know that very very fast but 
Yeah, for the most part, I'm very blessed and lucky to have had the experiences I've had. And I attribute that to a lot of hard work, um, a lot of putting in the time before my career started. So while I was in undergrad, really putting my hand up for opportunities, working for, you know, free. I've interned at a couple different places, just just putting in the time. And luckily, it's paid off. Definitely. And I think we're also, I think we're still in that era, you know, of internships Mm -hmm. and volunteering. Like I remember in university, I volunteered quite a bit and I like, I still kind of do keep some of those things on the side. Um, but But it's also, it's helpful, right? Like, yeah, it's helpful and it's hard. I don't necessarily believe in the free internship format. Like Mm -hmm. obviously I was privileged and lucky enough to participate and take advantage of that, of free internship free internships and opportunities like the internship I did was for course credit for school but a lot of people you know don't have those opportunities so I think it's very important for those big brands to really you know become more aware of who they're closing the door on when they make an opportunity absolutely payless apart from like course credit or or that experience right so and I've, I've actually even mentioned that to our own company like Mm -hmm. now that I am at ET Canada I had a little chat with HR earlier just to, you know, put that point out there. Cause I think people are obviously again, so concerned with the money aspect of things that they don't want to pay for kids. And obviously that experience is valuable, valuable in itself, but you do really shut a lot of people out when you don't offer a stipend or some sort of monetary compensation for what ends up being a lot of labor intensive hard work. That's a really good point though. Cause, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, we have you have people sometimes right that go to universities or colleges or something in a different area than where mm-hmm. their family lives or any relatives mm-hmm. live or mm-hmm. um so that that is a very good point too i i haven't had to kind of come to that point yet just cuz i still i still live at home and everything um For sure. and all my like i don't know all my volunteer experience was part time generally along mm-hmm. with um when I was working part-time, but I can imagine mm-hmm. it's, like, really stressful, right, for someone who needs to get that experience somehow, but still has to pay, like, their day-to-day living expenses. Oh, no, of course, and, like, while I interned, I also worked part-time, like, I worked part-time at Starbucks, amazing work experience if anybody's looking for a part-time job. <laughs> I honestly th- still think of it sometimes. I think, I'm like, oh, maybe I should just do, like, one Sunday shift a week, like, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I worked at Starbucks and then I also did some like freelance writing on the side. So I was hustling, but obviously not as hard as people have to work to get the money for rent, for groceries, for insurance, for gas, like for all those necessary living expenses. So. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, no, I would give yourself more credit, like having an internship and having a part-time job. It, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> It's, it's definitely not, but now I honestly look back on those memories with a lot of fondness because it is such a growing period and you can only, it's not like you can only do that for so long, but there is a bit of a timeline when you're a student that you can get away with, you know, working a long shift and having that energy to go from your shift at your part-time job to the office. Oh, definitely. Or like finish a day of both and go out with your friends, like, I do not have that energy now, and so I just... It's okay, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) I just look back at my past self, and I just laugh, and I'm like, oh, man, she was really working it. 
Which, I mean, it's so great that, like, you're able to look back on that time, you know what I mean? And feel like that Mm -hmm. you fulfilled what you needed to, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And to be able to have done, like, those type of things. Because you're totally right, you know? It it, it sucks, but, like, you move on to other things definitely as you grow up. But there definitely Mm -hmm. isn't that level of energy (laughs) where you can, Mm -hmm. like, go straight from different things and not have as much sleep or something. uh, And still be able to, like, function, you know? Mm-hmm, totally. And I guess the other thing I want to ask you is about your book, too. Um, what inspired you to take the leap and write a book and publish it? Oh, geez. Well... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, I, I'm obviously super, super proud of my book. It's called I'm in Like With You, a collection of almost love stories. It's available on Amazon. Or I also sell it just, like, out of my house if you send me a DM and that way I can write inside of it. I should set up a Shopify, but uh, it's been such a long time since the book has been released. And it's kind of like a missed opportunity at this point. But (laughs) um, I knew I wanted to write a book and I had sort of kept that thought in my mind as I was going into university. And so I went to university at the university of Toronto and in my professional writing program, when I was, looking at the department and what kind of courses they offered, there was a like a fourth level senior course called write a book or make a book. I think it was called. And as soon as I saw that course, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going here. Like I, I can't go anywhere else. Like I need to go here and I need to make a book. Like this is my path. And so I went through my years at university of Toronto with the intent of knowing that in my senior year, I would be writing a book. I had no idea what I wanted to write it on. I had no idea what it would be about, what the title would be. I was clueless. Um, But I was putting together collections of stories as I went throughout my degree in preparation for that senior course. So finally, I'm in my senior year. I had gone through a very dramatic summer, (laughs) the summer before senior year, and had honestly just gotten a very broken heart and was super sad and so I decided to basically write my way through that heartache and the book ended up being about all of these almost love stories these experiences in millennial dating where you have such intimacy and connection and fondness for people but sometimes that doesn't really materialize into a serious committed relationship right and I I thought that so many people could agree with this and relate to it Um, because it seemed to be such a common experience that a lot of my friends were experiencing strangers when I was writing, you know, articles about love and heartbreak, I would get these DMS and messages and comments saying from, from other girls relating basically to my same experience. So that's how it sort of came to be. It is a collection of like short stories, poems, letters, and I published it through U of T's publishing company. And it is available on Amazon. We typeset the entire thing. My friend Jennifer Vieira did the cover. It is a very sweet, quick read. And I'm very proud of it. That's so awesome. And, you know, I think people can, like, especially around our age, you know, Mm -hmm. and kind of mid to late or mid to early 20s, I mean, and even like the later Mm -hmm. teens, you know, I think that's it's so beautiful that you were able to write that and also um, be able to kind of develop a community around that. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And it's like, I, I will still get a random DM about the book 
here and there. It's been out, I think, for about three years now. Mm. And, you know, every time somebody reads it and sends me a message, it still makes my heart really warm. And I just think that love and vulnerability and friendship and heartache are all such universal themes that people can relate to no matter how old or how young they are, whether they're our age or you know, 45, like I still get a similar response from most people who have read the book in that, you know, it just brings you back to that really soft, tender, like vulnerable place when you're falling in love and you don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think everyone, as you're saying, can kind of relate to that time in their life, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. especially at that age too. I feel like that's a very common age to go through experiences like that. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, so, it's so beautiful that you were able to put that into like a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the collection really works well together Yeah, because it's just like, yeah, when you're, when you're heartbroken, when you're feeling soft and you have all these nice, warm, fuzzy feelings about people and it's like, you want to get it out, but you don't necessarily want to tell them. Right. <laughs> that's kind of what the book ended up being. It's like, oh, I wrote it as if no one was going to read it ever. You know what I mean? It's so, kind of awesome, though. That's kind of awesome to have it that way. <laughs> I mean, for sure, because then you're not afraid of anything. And it's like, I'm just going to write it like nobody's going to read it. It's going to be really honest. The more honest it is, the more people can relate to it anyways. So, you know, it, it ended up working out really, really well. Well, I'm so glad to hear, and yeah, so everyone go and check out Paige's book. (laughs) We'll link it below. Um, And then I guess, like, this is going to be a bigger, deeper question, so totally take a moment to think if you need to. Um, Okay. what do you want our listeners to take away from this episode? Hmm. Okay. If you are to take anything away from this episode, it should be to always be setting a goal always be setting a timeline and know that whatever you want ultimately is within your reach. If you put in the work and you put in the time and you put in the passion, because as far as my career has gone thus far, keeping those things in mind has very much helped me and you don't have to do it alone. There are people out there who want to help you. There are people out there who will champion you, who will mentor you, who will let you talk on the phone with them for random advice that you might need, whatever you want to do professionally, at the end of the day, you can do it. And it's it's like, obviously, there's going to be obstacles. But if you're willing and passionate enough and hardworking enough to overcome those obstacles or work through them, you can get there. And it might be a slower process than you intended. But it's much better to put in the experience and the time than to fast track your way to a place where you're not able to be a team player, you're not able to contribute, and you're not able to help others who are looking to get where you are. I think that's a beautiful message, and thank you for sharing that. It's a great way to end off the podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's honestly been such a treat. And I would say one more shout out to the listeners in that If any of you are looking for a career in media or journalism or content creation, um, my DMs are open. You can slide yourself in there at any time, and I will try my best to give a little bit of guiding advice um, or help you out if I can. That's awesome. And I guess, did you want to share your socials so people can find you and connect with you then? 
Yeah, for sure. So my social media is at Paige McPhee, P-A-I-G-E-M-C-P-H-E-E on Instagram. I'm also Paige McPhee on YouTube and TikTok and Twitter. So if you'd like to find me any of those places, be my guest. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and give us a rating. Also check us out on Instagram at Making Sense of Success and tune in next Monday for our next episode. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.